0: It's time for today's episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast with your host, 2017 Teen Choice Awards, third-place finisher, and America's recruiting guru, Dan Tudor.
1: Much of our time every week here at Tudor Collegiate Strategies is spent answering questions for coaches, many of them. I'd say most of them are clients that we are working with on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis throughout the year, Um, and I wanted to share a conversation that came our way from one of the people that we work with who actually reached out to our vice president, Mandy Green. Many of you know her uh, as the founder of Busy Coach and the fantastic program she runs with that at busy.coach. You can look that up if you're not familiar with it, but she also serves as our vice president, works with a lot of coaches, especially up in the upper midwest great lakes region of the country and one of the coaches threw three questions at her and some time ago mandy said hey what do you think the answers are to these three questions and of course she gave her take to the client and i wanted to jump on and do the same thing i wanted to answer the questions because many of you may have similar questions uh especially as you get into this point in the process where recruiting has sort of taken hold, the conversations are happening, and now they are trying to decide and they're trying to weed out the schools they're interested in and those that they're not interested in. And I wanted to talk about that because many of you are experiencing some of the hurdles and questions that this coach threw our way. So that's what today's episode is all about. So the three questions... Uh, we'll just start with them in order as they came into uh, in from the, this uh, this coach that we work with um, the first question that we got asked how hard is it to change a prospect's top three after they have visited all three schools what methods can change this that's the first question and the first thing I'll say is that it's going to be really hard for you to change their mind because so much of what they came, To campus to see was your school, your program, get an understanding of how you feel about them, how their team around them might feel about them once they got to campus. Uh, And so by that time, definitions are made. The example I always use and appropriate here as we talk about it in the fall of 2022 as we're recording this this webinar is voting and who we vote for. Uh, We can be presented with all this information, no matter what side of the the coin you're on. The other side could present information, make the logical argument, and yet we tend to vote who we have decided is the best candidate based on their beliefs, which match our beliefs, or which party they're a part of. Uh, We are, uh, for better or for worse, now a very red team, blue team country, and we sort of root for the team, and we ignore... Maybe what is wrong with either of the teams, and we just vote our team because we want our team to win. It's like a sporting contest. My point in bringing that up, and the reason I use it as an example, is we get frustrated when student-athletes who we are recruiting tend to make decisions very early, and then it's tough to get them out of those decision-making modes and what they have decided. Even if it's incorrect or there's a misconception that they took into account, or they've made the wrong you know, assumption about you and your campus and your school location, your record, your locker room, whatever the, the things that they use to make their decision, we get frustrated that we can't change their mind. Well, let's look at ourselves, Coach. Do we change our minds very often? Not only about voting, but just about foods that we like or where we want to live or the pro baseball team team we, we root for. Whatever it is, we don't change our minds very often, and... Neither do your recruits, which is why we put so much emphasis on creating an amazing campus visit. Uh, many of you have gotten our book, Freaking Awesome Campus Visits, and you have applied the principles or you've hosted us for a workshop on campus and we've walked through what your own athletes are telling you to do differently on a campus uh, visit when they come to campus. The reason we put so much time and attention to that is that that's where the decision gets made. Um, so let's go back to the question. Having sort of set that foundation of why it's so hard, the question was, how do we change it? Okay, if I'm going to take that approach and and try to change something, and let's just say for the sake of argument that we are number three in their list of their top three, or we just know that we're not number one, or that there's a lot of questions about it, and the other schools that are ahead of us have something that we don't have Whatever it is. Let's just say that, that they are much more of an academic, uh, positive academic reputation campus, and we struggle with that at our campus. If that was the case, and you could replace that set of facts with anything really, the thing that we want to try to do is not beat the other programs. That's a mistake that coaches make so many times in recruiting, especially as it gets into the middle part and end of recruiting, is I got to beat these other schools. No, you don't. What you have to do is equalize yourself with those other schools, with those other campuses. Because remember, you're in the top three. So that means that there is something they like about you, your program, the campus, what you're offering, where you're located, whatever it is, you have positives but now they're bringing up some negatives. So what we want to try to do, understanding that they—it's not that they don't like us—they're trying to—they're trying to figure out why they should like us more than these other schools that are presenting more of the bells and whistles and the, the bright shiny objects, uh, more so than maybe our campus is presenting. What I want to do is equalize myself with those schools. So in the instance and in the example I gave of academic reputation, that we're lower on the list than those other schools. The conversation you might want to have after they've visited and we can't change what they've seen and what they've experienced, try as we might, that that die is cast. But what we can do is redefine it or make an effort to redefine it. So what I have suggested clients do, and they have done this and, and many of them have pulled it off fantastically and have have changed the direction of a recruiting um, cycle that's happening with a, uh, with a with a prospect – is to equalize yourself with those other schools. <clears throat> Here's how you do that: by saying to that prospect, "Look, you know, as you look at us and these two other schools, and academics are obviously important to you. I just want you to know that you're set. Whichever th- of the three you choose, you're set. You're going to get a good education. You're going to open doors. You're going you know, to the, the the goals, the outcomes that you're looking for. You're going to achieve those." And this is the important part. And I, as the coach, am not going to tell you, Prospect, that we're better academically than school A or school B. Uh, I'm not going to make that case because, honestly, at the end of the day, our business degree is going to be about the same as their business degree. So, again, either way, you're set. Any of the three that you choose, if it's based on academics, you're going to be putting yourself in a good position. Uh, and then, very importantly, I want to offer up some some things that they should be basing their decision around. So let's just say they came to your campus and they really attached themselves with your, your team. They really felt more more connected with them. Team was friendlier. You actually followed our advice and you put them with the freshmen on your team versus the seniors on your team. Unless so, and and maybe you have through the the methodologies you've learned in this podcast or on our website, or if you work with us, you've done a great job of messaging consistently throughout the process, and you've told your story. So I might say again, don't base it on the the degree. Our business programs just as good, you know. The others are just as good as ours. We're not any better. We're all the same. So I've equalized myself there. Hopefully, neutralize that as a decision making standpoint, and then. I want to offer up some reasons that are in my favor as to why they should pick us. So look, business degree, you're set. We've established that. In my experience as a coach here at the college level in this sport, here's how I think you should make your decision. Number one, make sure you choose the program with the coach, whether that's me or somebody else. That has recruited you consistently. they've talked to you more than just about the sport uh, and they and they've done it throughout the whole recruiting period because that means that that you' they're ser- you are serious for them, um, you're a valued prospect and they've never ignored you. really try to measure that. And also you've got to go to the place where you felt most connected with the team. Those are the two smart ways to choose a school. okay so stop. What have I just done? Again, I've equalized myself with the others, these top three, and I've I totally have taken that off the table or at least made them feel like or made the case that they can feel good about any of the business degree programs that they they choose at either of the three schools. And what I've done then to replace that, because we've got to replace something, we can't leave a vacuum open, we got to replace something and so I'm giving them two things that are our strengths at our school and I'm offering those up now as the way to make the decision. Now, you can't force them to make the decision that way, but what you're doing is you're you're giving them a map and a pathway to liking you best or at least putting yourself in the best uh, possible position to like what you've been offering the best. And you're doing it based on the strengths that you know are present in your program. So if I had to answer the question, again, so what is it about uh, you know these these top three? How do we change their mind or how do we get them to look at us differently? That's what I'm going to go with. Uh, the That's the main method that we have seen work. Um, continued attention, because a lot of times... After a campus visit, the coach might think, well, that's it. We've done everything we can. Now we just wait. No, don't wait. Resell your school. Continue to talk to them th- about things. You can remind them of things you've already talked about that are strengths of your school. Don't believe that they now know everything and they, they have gathered all the information and they've seen it all on campus. That's another thing I've heard. Well, I don't want to talk about the dorms because they spent the night in the dorms and they, they know what we're all about. Coach, they forget so much of the experience because they're not paying attention to the details. They're paying attention to their feelings while they're on campus. So make sure you are talking consistently, even after the visit, about the school, why should they choose you based on that, and why it's better there than at other programs that they're they're looking at. Those are the keys to answering that first question. Um The question, again, was how hard is it to change a prospect's top three after they have visited all three schools? My answer is it's very hard. That's the the way that I just told you is the way that we have seen it work best. That's why I offer it up to you. Um, And so hopefully that helps. Question number two. After the first call, it seems like we're getting dropped a lot by prospects at this particular campus. Um, So... Why is that happening? Well, when we survey and talk with student athletes and ask them to uh, to outline what gets them interested, what keeps them interested, the thing that they talk about on the negative side that they experience when they are getting recruited, especially at the beginning when calls come in for uh, you know from a coach, is that the coach tries to sell them too soon on the school. They spend way too long talking, and uh, all it is is how great they are and how great their sports program is, and they're they're in pure sales mode. I want to really, really hammer this home. For if you're listening to this podcast and you you've followed our advice, please follow this advice and understand that when you first talk to an athlete. For 99.8% of you, they don't care about your school, they're not that excited about the idea of going to your school, and therefore, they're not ready to be sold on your school. In other words, that first call that you're pumping out information and you're you're bombarding them with facts and figures about the graduation rates and what you did at conference last year uh, and all the things that you talk about that are fact-based things and Hopefully, in your mind, justification as to why they should take you seriously. It's not resonating because I don't have an emotional attachment to your school. So I'm not looking for information on why I should make that choice. What I have to do is understand a few key things first. And these are the, this is the, this is what prospects tell us. This is not what Dan is telling you. This is what the prospects are telling all of us. Number one, they are looking for reasons from you as to why you think they belong in your program. Now again, slight difference than what I was just talking about, where you're going out with here's why you should love our program. That's not what they're looking for. They're looking for reasons why you think they'd be a good fit in their program. So I don't know nothing about I know nothing about your program, don't know you, or maybe I know a little bit or next to nothing about your school. So I don't care about that yet. And that's a lot those are a lot of big things that are going to take a while for me to um, to kind of uh, adapt into my my thinking as far as my definition of you and your program, but what I can understand immediately and what I connect with immediately is why you wanted me. Why are you calling me? Why are you emailing me and telling me that I that you're interested?
0: Social media and branding are becoming more and more important to college coaches around the country. The resource more coaches are turning to than ever before: preseason. Led by former coach Jason Schmidt, along with the insights and strategy from Dan Tudor, Preseason is helping coaches break through the clutter and reach their recruits in a way their competition just can't match. You should check it out, coach. Go to hellopreseason.com to see how they're doing it. And now, back to the show. First thing they want to know is why, and that's
1: usually one of the last things that they find out from a coach. So make it the first thing. The first thing you should communicate with your prospect, especially if it's early on, is where I saw you or where I found out about you and what I liked about you, specifically as it relates to what I think you could do in our program. So, hey, I saw you at that summer tournament. I watched you play twice. Wasn't even I didn't really even know you were there, but when I saw you play the first game, I had to watch you the second game. When I saw you, I came back with all these notes. You want to know what they said? They It said that your footwork was way better than the sophomore starter we have now, and I think you could challenge him for a spot on the court. Um, or I watched you when you went to the bench, and, man, you were encouraging your teammates. You were in it. You weren't selfish. It was you know We really loved that because that shows leadership qualities. Whatever it is, I want to know what you saw about me because that then gives me an understanding that, first of all, this is real. I'm not just a number. I'm you're, you, There's a reason that you're interested, and there's a reason I should take you seriously. And number two, I'm probably going to have follow-up questions. Um, and so now I have the basis for a conversation around a topic and a subject that I know, which is me as the athlete. If you're telling me about facts and figures and things about this college I've never heard of and don't know where it is and don't know anything about you or the program yet— and you ask me questions as to how that sounds or do I think I'd be interested, it falls flat and I, I get frustrated because I don't know if I'm interested. I don't know enough yet. So don't start with that. Start with them. Uh, if you do that, I think that increases your chances for an engagement and a next call, and the, and the process can, can kind of move forward from there. Um, if you want to add to that, I would add into that as a coach, um, what I could see specifically as your role on our team. So I'm looking for your position. We graduate three people at your position. Here's what I would see as your freshman year. They want to know as much as possible about an idea about the plan that you, um, that, that you may, maybe are seeing for them. Um, important because again, what are we talking about? We're talking about them as well as your program, but mostly them and how they fit in with your program athletically. That's a good basis for understanding that I need uh, if I'm going to take you seriously and move on to the next, uh, uh, the next, the next conversation, the next phone call. Um, I also, in that first conversation, want to keep it as short as possible. Uh, prospects tell us eight to ten minutes max for the first call. Uh, And you're thinking, oh, my gosh, I can't say anything in that for 8 to 10 minutes. That's not going to leave me any time to tell them about our program. Again, that's okay because they don't want to know anything about your program. And you'll know when it's time to talk about your program because they will ask a question about your program, you as a coach, your style, your offense, what the school's like. So where is such and such that the, the, the campus is located? I've never heard of that town when they start asking those questions, or even, do you have a business degree? Um, Here's what I'm interested in. Do you have that as a major? Now, I'm interested in hearing because I, as the prospect, am driving the conversation around topics that I want to talk about. That's what gets you past the first conversation. So many coaches, whether it's high-level Division One, all the way down to small NAIA schools and everything in between. Focus on the idea that I've got this one chance and i got to talk to them and give them as much information about our school as possible because that's what's going to get them interested. Coach, absolutely, that is the way to turn off the majority of your prospects uh, or at least not engage them to the extent that they're going to want to hear from you again right away. You don't sound special when you do that. And frankly, I as a prospect don't need that from you. This is not 1983 anymore where I have to hear from the coach and get information from them or else I'm not going to know anything about the school. I have a device in my hand that I can look up. Facts, majors, uh, ratings of professors on your campus, uh, what there is to do in the town, do you have a Chipotle across campus, uh, everything. Location, pictures, videos. I don't need you for that. What I need you for is... The why behind why are we talking? Why are you contacting me? I need that. Most coaches surprisingly don't give it. So again, to answer this question from the coach that this uh, this episode is based on, I want to know from from uh, you know that prospect. Or, I'm sorry, that coach talking to me as a prospect. Why do you want me? and why is there a connection for us and I want to keep it short and sweet so that we follow the Jerry Seinfeld model when he's in concert when he's you know doing his stand up he's very specifically at the height of the laughter at the height of the energy crowds loving it they want more and I've watched three of his three of his performances cuz I'm a huge Seinfeld fan um, what does he do At that point, when it's at the zenith, when it's at the height, he says, thanks, everybody, good night, it's been great, thanks. And you hear this, oh, from the audience, they want more. And sometimes he'll come out, you know, a curtain call and give, you know, two or three more minutes of jokes and stuff. But he knows, and he's talked about, that's when you leave because I want them back for the next performance. You, coach, are in the same same mode. You want them back for the next performance. Um, So after that first call, if you're tired of getting dropped, Make sure you don't overload them with information. you centered it around the why behind why you're interested in them. Get them talking about themselves, not you talking about your school and your program and your location. Wait for the questions. There'll be time for that. If you do that and cut it off, right, as it seems to be going good, they will follow up for the next call because you will have been a coach that acted completely differently than most coaches act. And the third question is how to control the timeline of the recruiting process. Um, I'm not going to go into a ton of detail on that because uh, on our website at dantutor.com on the blog, we have probably, and I'm just guessing, 25 to 30 articles on the timeline. If you just go to the blog and then look at the timeline section Uh, you can pull up all the articles you want and instead of me reading those articles for the next three hours to you here on the podcast, you can go and pick the ones that you want. You can go on to HoneyBadger.com. I'm not HoneyBadger.com. Go to the HoneyBadger link at DanTutor.com and click on those articles uh, because we go into a lot of detail. We give examples of coaches sending screenshots of their text messages back and forth with their prospects that show you how the timeline a uh, process that we've outlined works, and we've also talked about that a lot here on the podcast. But what I did want to do is um, is take it and have you listen to what I would consider one of the experts in this field in terms of of uh, this generation of of student athlete. Uh, because really, all these questions, what does it center around? It centers around making a decision, motivating them to make a decision, um, prompting movement. And at the 2022 National Collegiate Recruiting Conference that we hosted, one of our keynote speakers was John Rinney, who's an author. He's written uh, some fantastic books on leadership and, and uh, organizational building, and high-functioning organizations. He was uh, involved with nuclear submarines in the Navy, had a great career, fascinating guy, and he was one of the people who talked with the coaches who attended the 2022 National Collegiate Recruiting Conference, and I caught up with him after his talk um, because a lot of it was on motivation. How do you get movement and motivation from these athletes to, if you're a coach, to get them sort of coming going in the direction that you're wanting them, and really, these three questions center around that whole idea. so I want to take you and let you listen to a quick six minute conversation I had with John Rennie, uh, and we'll put all his contact information in the um, in the podcast notes um, so that you can you know get in touch with him and read some of his stuff. I'd really recommend his books. Great for your team, by the way. Uh, for uh, for those purposes. If you're looking for a team book to read, um, fantastic stuff from John Rennie. Um, but he talked about this, and I wanted to let you in on a conversation I had with him. And it's funny, this has been a couple of months ago that I had this conversation with him, and I thought at the time, I'm not sure when this is going to come up, but I know I'll be able to use this conversation that we're having uh, to help coaches at some point. And here we are. This is, uh, this is that point where I knew that we were going to be able to use it. I'm going to apply it here to motivating your prospects. Uh, And here's our conversation with John Rennie. So, John, one of the things you talked about in your session at the conference was the idea of selling your program through a dream and really creating a vision like the one that you had, uh, sort of the romanticized look at joining the Navy. Uh, Your grandfather was, was a naval officer and, you know, fighting the Cold War and I mean, all the things that you sort of latched onto that led you to that that great career and yet coaches are having to deal with with athletes, prospects who are distracted who are not as much as maybe we did in our generation uh, latching onto these big dreams, big ideas to, to go after um, and, and now you run a company uh, that is uh, successful but to your point, small, one of the smallest in your industry, and you're having to fight against all the, the big guys for the, for the talent. So I'm just wondering, you know, how have you dealt with it now as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, in attracting talent and some of that you know generational uh, roadblock that we just talked about? What what are the things that, that you've had to to do, and what what do you see working?
2: Yeah, I think you're right. I think we're distracted nowadays, I think young people have so much that they can distract them with with social media and programming and things so that it's it's hard to capture their attention and capture their imagination, you know? I think uh, back in the day, it was probably easier because we didn't have so many things to distract us. But it's this idea of casting uh, such a vision or something that's compelling that they can imagine themselves being a part of, right? And so I think... um, Nowadays, we we have to sort of listen to our people a little bit more than maybe we had to uh, back in the day. You had a job. You worked for 40 years and you retired, right? But I think people, especially younger people, I've noticed in my company... They want to be part of the day-to-day. They want to be part of the vision. They want to They want to be part of the program. They don't want to be a cog in the wheel. They want to be participating. They want to change the world, right? right? And they want to be doing something that can impact the world. And so... So th- not so much top-down,
1: because as you're saying yeah, that, yeah. I'm thinking like when yeah. I was growing up, you had... You know, these different levels of management and you right. started at the bottom, right. you tried to raise up and this generation maybe wants to be more make it more collaborative.
2: It's exactly that. It's a lot more collaborative. They want to be actively involved. They don't want to just be, you know, the one filing right. the the papers in the in the office. They want to be making some decisions and, and being part of that decision. And I think it's great, but I think as far as we have to be able to allow them and, and the same thing with on sports teams, right? There are going to be athletes that want to have their say in the way right. the way we do things and how we do things. And I think coaches and leaders have to be a little more open to listening and uh taking the time to be able to hear the ideas and the thoughts and the dreams of the people that are around them but i think that's a big part of it it's actively involving the people uh in in learning from what they're the things that they're dreaming about or wanting to do or have these desires
1: and that may not be the go-to for you or i naturally just given our our generational difference and a lot of coaches might feel like well hey this is my program right Uh, who are these recruits to come in and tell me you know how to change it or what they wanted do because what they want to do doesn't make any sense and yeah. so there is that balance of like you know you run your facility your your company that you uh, that you own and and i run tutor collegiate strategies and the coach runs their their program how where is that balance or how, how do you strike it where you give them the voice and you mm-hmm. give them the input but at the same time you have to carry out the vision that you know maybe from your experience that works
2: Yeah, I think at the end of the day, the leader, the coach, the director has to make the decision, right? But I think it's smart and it's good practice to engage a lot of ideas, a lot of different opinions. Because I think when people feel like they had a voice in the say, then when the final decision decision's made, they're more on board with that decision. So, so maybe you have a young uh, recruit that's got, well, in high school, we did it this way, right? right, and, the right. Co- and, and, and the coach, if he's smart, will listen, nod his head a lot, and maybe there's an idea there that he can capture and use. But, you know, at the end of the day, the coach might say, well, that's great, but we're going to do it this way for these reasons. But at least the, 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 the student had a chance to say their piece. And I right. think they more bought into the, the end strategy because they had a chance to have their say. Maybe then we didn't do that in the past.
1: Right, right. You just took your orders and you did worked. them and you hope somebody recognized it and eventually promoted you. And yeah, it's such right. a different world. So, uh, and I'm going to have you speak not as a coach, but as a <laughs> business owner, as you've implemented sort of doing that or recognizing that that's one of the changes in this generation of the professionals that you're trying to attract to your company in the same way that a coach would want to attract a, a prospect what are two or three simple steps to start with if, if you are talking to a coach right now who has been sort of the traditional top down everybody comes in you adapt to our way of doing it my way of coaching um, and now you know, he or she wants to be a little more collaborative maybe they've had the same feeling that that you know or the same recognition that you and I are talking about here. How do you start? Like, what do you do? what what is what are some changes that you could make just in in how to approach that generation, or in this case, those recruits?
2: Yeah, I think uh, when I started in leadership I used to think I had to have all the answers. And I think now I find that I need to have the right questions and mm. have the ability to sit back and listen to the answers that I hear from my team and then make the to make the best decisions for the team. But it's it's a mem- it's a part of that is humility. Just knowing that you may not have all the answers. And of course, you know, as the coach, as a business leader, you kind of have to have all the answers, right? You have to make the decision for the business. But being humble enough to listen to crazy ideas and I can tell you uh, time after time of crazy ideas that I've heard pitched to me and I've done some of those crazy ideas and they worked out. Yeah. And, and I think just when you end up getting a nugget that might change things, don't, you know, you just gotta be humble enough and open enough to just be able to say that one nugget might actually change everything we're doing. So being open to those ideas. So again, just saying, you don't have to have all the answers, you know, you you maybe. Maybe you just have to have the right questions. What do you think we should do in this scenario?
1: Yeah. And just show them that you're open to listening and to even considering or just letting their voice be heard is what I'm hearing you say.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I found in, in my, in my you know, all the years in business, the best ideas always come from the quietest person in the room. And I've always tried to find that quietest person and listen to their thoughts because a lot of times where everyone's talking, that person is thinking. And I want to hear what they have to say. <laughs> yeah, I want to find out that information.
1: And again, that was John Rennie, one of the speakers at the 2022 National Collegiate Recruiting Conference. All his information uh, is in the show notes. And you heard him sort of get into the topic uh, beyond just as it applies to us as recruiters, but almost staff organizational development and the whole idea of listening and taking in information and giving them a seat at the table. So that applies to the staff that you coach with, certainly. It applies to your team. Uh, that you have right now in your program, how do you get them sort of bought into the idea of everybody moving in the same direction? Well, it helps if you've given them a voice, not just you establishing, here's what the culture is, here's the direction we're going to go, but making them feel like they're part of creating that. And I think it also applies to your recruits, asking them questions. What do you think? What would you do? What do you want to see done differently in the program that you eventually play for? Give them a voice and watch what happens. Coach, that's going to wrap up today's episode. I really appreciate you listening. I hope it helped. And as always, we're here to answer questions. So you can email me dan at dantutor.com. I read everything you send. Uh, We will answer it. And in this case, who knows? Maybe it becomes a future podcast episode as well. So coach, go out there and be great. And when you face any one of these three questions that we talked about today, you now know the answer and some of the basic ways that you can handle it. So that was the goal of the podcast. And thanks for listening to the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast.
0: College Recruiting Weekly is a production of Tudor Collegiate Strategies, copyright 2022 through 2023. To contact the host, email him at dan at dantudor.com. And do us a solid, coach. Rate and review our podcast right now. Plus, it wouldn't kill you to tell your fellow coaches about it, would it? So do that, too. And stay tuned for the next amazing episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast.